you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground, right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. We're at hauntedplayground.com liveparanormal.com and all of our many affiliates, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. The list goes on and on. So proud to be a part of all these families, especially the iHeartRadio family and the Live Paranormal family. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host. And this is Haunted Playground, where we discuss everything outside of the three dimensions. So whether you want to know if there's an afterlife, if reincarnation is real, or you think there's a Loch Ness monster and you're above ground swimming pool, you are in the right place here on Haunted Playground. Every week on the show, I gather the brightest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in the spiritual and or paranormal communities, and we talk about all things that go bump in the night and uh, everything that you can imagine beyond your wildest dreams. My guest today is a wonderfully talented spiritual practitioner and author and just an all-around fantastic person. She and her husband run the Newmont Center in the Los Angeles area, a place that I am proud to say that I have uh, taught in person and done workshops and uh, seen clients, and I can't wait until... The world fully opens up and I can go back there. And I think that time is coming soon. The wonderful Audrey Newman is here. How are you, my friend? It's so wonderful to hear your voice. Hi, Sheena. It's wonderful to hear your voice, too. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my God, absolutely. My voice is a little gravelly today. It's it's down at its low register because it's that time of the winter. Um, How are you, my friend? How are are you all... um, dealing with the changes in the world up there. I know that you've been open for a long time through a lot of this and um um and just keep going. And I think we've we've all been very lucky in the spiritual world that it is a business that has thrived during this time of COVID and not shriveled up as so many have. I think it has been a time where people have thrived and we've we've just been going through this whole thing and you know, what we've been doing is we just keep, like, Nick does his thing. You know, Nick is the metaphysician here, and I'm the spiritual practitioner, and we both are hypnotherapists. So what we do is we just keep ourselves very informed, and we keep looking for these solutions and everything that's happening. And I think there's a part of it where we really have, I guess, dived even deeper into our spiritual practices. So, you know, all of those things combined have helped keep us sane and help keeping our clients sane along the way as well. In fact, not even just sane. Yeah. Many of our clients have been thriving through this. So when we have these challenges, you know, when you do have these various things that we do, it's like you can become stronger in the struggle of all of it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I think, we've, I think one of the reasons that we as spiritual practitioners have thrived 
is that um, this has been a time where people have finally had enough time away from the doing and the going to spend time mm-hmm. inside trying to figure out who they are, time to just be, right? And so I right. think um, that combined with, of course, people have a lot of questions about, oh, my God, the world, that always brings people to us. But I think it's the internal questions, the, the who am I and where am I going and what's going on. I think it's those questions that are really what um, has drawn people towards seeking out more. And not just the, the inclination to seek, but the time to seek. You know, when the world stops being so crazy, that's when you have time to, to do the internal work. And I think this last two years we've seen a lot of people really doing that internal work, which I think is beautiful. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, there's that part of it, I think, and I don't know how much you promote this, but one of the things that I have really been shouting from the rooftops is literally turn off your TVs, you know, turn off the news, turn off all of these outside sources and and really tune into the internal. And I think if I were to say in all of this, if there's one valuable tool, it would be to to do that, to turn off like outside news. And if you are wanting to watch news, go to a whole bunch of different kinds of news, you know, and really get a lot of different sources, different varieties. So either way, whether you're inclined to just turn it off altogether or turn on various kinds, you know, really holding it all in the highest in that spiritual practice. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, it's the time to turn on the messages that you're getting from inside of you and the message that are coming through the channel from spirit and no longer say, oh, my God, I'd I'd love to listen to that message right now, spirit, but I got a red carpet to go to. You know, there isn't that (laughs) thing right now, really. I mean, there is kind of now, again, starting to be that thing, right? But there wasn't for a long time that thing. Yeah, but even in that thing that we're all getting busier and we're getting out in the world again, it's it's a whole different vibe that's going on. And I think for us and in, in the way that Nick and I are working with our clients or whether we're doing, you know, any talking to people at all, I think there's a big part of it where people are understanding, and if they haven't understood it already, they're learning that we've gone from in the midst of all of this, living in that 3D world into that fifth dimensional where we're having the ability to be much more tuned into that higher self, you know, that, that greater part of us, that intuition, you know, all of that. So as we are turning off all those things and, and allowing that, I think that's been a big part of it as well. And I've had a lot of my clients be, you know, really owning that part of them. And it's, it's pretty incredible to watch, you know, stepping out of that material, all of everything that material includes and and just really trusting in that higher source for so many reasons. I think that's been a big, big part of all of this. I agree. And also the um, the understanding that uh, spirit doesn't, coming into that, right, and, and really leading with your spirituality and really becoming somebody who is growing their 5D self and not obsessing about the 3D things doesn't mean you can't have a great life. It doesn't mean you can't have a great partner. It doesn't mean you can't make money. It doesn't mean you can't live in a house that makes you happy. It only <laughs> means that you're not stuck in that 3D ego where everything is right. about, you know, aesthetics and, and money and 
you know, getting really, because people who get, get pent up in all of that and stuck in all of that, they're the people that never, the prosperity is not coming to them. And I know you have this with clients. I have this with clients. They're constantly asking, where's the prosperity? Where is it? Where's my prosperity? Where's mine? Well, you know what? You're disconnected from yourself, and you're not putting a lot into the world. And the universe is a mirror, right? It reflects yeah. back what you're doing. So when you're constantly sitting around saying, why am I poor? Where's my prosperity? Well, what universe is hearing is, oh, you're poor and you don't have your prosperity and there's your problem. <laughs> so I do think that people, you know, the, the idea of doing the spiritual work is to get away from that. And then it comes because you've done the work, but not to be so obsessed about money and stuff. And you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. a... It, it is, it's just, it's, it's finding out, it's prioritizing what's really important. And I think by the nature of what COVID is and how many folks we've lost, it's made us prioritize, right? If I was to get COVID and die tomorrow, what are the things that I love about my life? What are the things that are important in my life? What would I miss? And I think it's just by the nature of what it is has made everyone start to appreciate more what they have. Do you agree with that? I think it does, and, and you brought up a couple of things that, that I was just thinking as you were saying that. You know, I, I used to be a practitioner at Agape, and in leading a group, we had this game that we would play where I would be representing the universe, the divine matrix, whatever you want to call it, this energy that flows in and as and through all things that we're creating in with our thoughts and our feelings. And so in being let's just call it God or whatever you want to call it, intelligence, everybody would start shouting out, where's my money? And the universe doesn't discern the difference between what you want or what you don't want. It's, it's always responding to your attention, your vibration, you know, that, that place that your awareness is. So there's when your clients are saying, where's my money? The universe is going, yes. We don't know where it is either. We're hoping we're yes, going to know where yes. it is. And you're shouting out, I'm abundant. Yes. You know, the universe is always just there matching our vibration. It's matching where the attention is. So when your clients are wondering where their abundance is, it's like if you don't know your abundance from the inside out, <laughs> nobody else is going to either. The universe isn't going yeah. to either. It's just how do things operate. And it's kind of just that simple. And we, I've had oh, so many people, when they finally get that piece, you know, Nick and I teach a workshop called Focus on Success, and a lot of it is geared towards recognizing your belief systems, recognizing where your attention is. And when they get that piece, it's like things shift. So instead of asking the question that's not going to give you a very great answer, you start asking where do I go? You know, show me the road signs along the way that lead to my abundance. I'm owning my abundance. I'm owning that part of me that thrives. You know, that part of me that matches my passion in life, that brings me, you know, whatever material things that go along with it. So, you know, there's that part of it where when anybody's asking, you want to use that critical thinking part and ask the questions that are going to bring you their answers to move you in that direction. And there's something else. Yes. <laughs> there was something yeah, else. Yeah, let me say really quick. Yeah. 
yeah. while you're thinking about that, I'm going to pop in and say that I had a client. I tell this story all the time. And she was waiting for this guy to come back into her life. And every time I got her on the phone for a session, she would say, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. Why don't you just tell me he's not coming back? And I said to her, <laughs> do you realize what universe is hearing? Universe is hearing he's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. So they're saying, oh, okay, he's not coming back. And then he doesn't come. So we have to be careful about our language, right? And I'm not one of those like uber, you know, way into the deep end, zealous new age people who's like, you can never say anything negative. Because look, we live in the world and sometimes the world is hard. Sometimes your body hurts. Sometimes people suck. I mean, these are all realities of life. But I do think that when your affirmation is something negative, I'll never lose the weight. I'm never going to lose this weight. I'm never going to lose this weight. Well, guess who keeps growing in size? And guess who's not losing the weight? And I think that these are things that you need to think about in your daily life when you speak, just in general. And it's hard, right? It's hard. We all deal with, we don't want people to be mad at us. I'm sorry. Go. Well, there's a piece of it. And this is one of the things that I think is an important aspect of things. Our mind will be on the loop. Your mind will be in that subconscious loop forever. And it's like, why am I not losing weight? Jesus, I keep gaining weight. What's going on here? And we'll be doing that thing about weight or we'll be focused on we're so angry at somebody and how could they have done that? And they did this or that, you know, and and we get into that loop of whatever those feelings are, whether it's anger or anxiety is a huge one right now. Like as an example, People will be in massive anxiety about something that is actually happening across the globe right now. And they're not really in it, but they start imagining that this thing is going to grow. And before you know it, it's going to be here and we're going to be losing this and that and all these things that could happen in this moment, right? People get into these thoughts and I call it, they get on the victimization loop. So it's like, there's like this spinning that goes on and I've had people be on it for a week, a month. (laughs) I had this one client that was on it for eight years. You know, she came in and Mm. she was talking about the relationship that she'd had and it was like it was yesterday. And finally I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, how long ago did this end? And she looked at me with all kinds of indignation and she's like, eight years. And I looked at her and I was like, do you realize that you've been carrying this like it was yesterday for all this time? So what I I show people is to check the feelings first. So like when my client comes in and they're angry, where do you feel angry in your body? Well, in my heart where my solar plexus, like my stomach area, or I feel it in my shoulders. Where do you feel anxiety? Where do you feel, you know, these feelings? Where does it strike first? And they'll tell me what that part of the body is. And so there's a part of it where your feelings will tell you first because the mind will be on the unconscious loop for a while. But you can tell, oh, I'm feeling angry in my heart. I'm feeling tense. I'm feeling whatever the body symptom is. Then you can stop. And you can reevaluate where are my thoughts. And then you can check everything. But when we keep in telling people to be mindful, it's like your mind can be full for a long time. <laughs> but when your mm-hmm. body's conscious, 
you're aware of those emotions makes it much easier to stop that cycle of unconscious thinking and unconscious creating. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And it's, it's so easy to do. I think that being in tune with the rhythm of the universe is actually extremely easy. We put ourselves right in the, um, we work very hard to be in an adversarial relationship with spirit. Everything in our natural design is to be in a co-creating environment with spirit and to live in an abundance consciousness and not a scarcity consciousness. But we allow the monkey brain to chatter at us until we're tied up into a knot and it gets a little crazy. And, but we, it's, it's, we're really having to, to work, to work against the grain, you know? I get it. But I think there's a bigger part of this that we really need to be aware of. And, you know, when we say we work really hard to be in that, it's more that we have been taught. You know, we have been taught to focus on the problems. We have been taught to be in fear. We have been manipulated in many ways through various avenues. And I see it over and over again. So when I say that we need to literally stop watching like mainstream news. There's a lot of manipulation there. There's a lot of fear mongering there. There's a lot of propaganda and stuff that is literally kind of not true. And so there's been a part of this where we have been kind of programmed to be in the problem of life rather than being in the solutions of life. So when you are stepping out of the usual day-to-day what's causing me distress, maybe going out in nature and being in tune with the earth. You know, I go on these camping trips by myself for about six, seven days, and part of it is to just reset and recalibrate because we do get so inundated with, with various, I mean, social media, all of these things. There's, Like as an example, I've got uh, this kid that I'm working with and – you know, they had given up on a lot of social media and then they went back into it, but they went back into it with a greater consciousness, a greater awareness of what they were looking at. So they told me, oh my gosh, I got triggered because, you know, there's this scrolling that you do in social media and out of nowhere came this, uh, this post and it was triggering and she's like, why do they have to put that in there? And she recognized it, and she could see where that kind of manipulation was. We get it in um, in commercials, and she'll be watching a commercial, and she's like, oh, my gosh, look at that. That's very, you know, fear-mongering. That's very uh, suggestive in the problem. Let's just leave it at that. So that's why I really am a big advocate for minimizing that kind of thing and maximizing what does make you feel good. You know, where can you go to rebalance things, to recalibrate and to kind of change up habits that are, you know, not working to be in the happy that we would like? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. And it is so important that we remember that, the goal of spirit, I mean, yes, yes, we are here to overcome obstacles. We're here to learn lessons. We're here to grow so that we can then advance to the next level of soul school, right? But we are also mm-hmm. here to have a wonderful life. And when clients say to me, why does spirit hate me? I'm like, spirit doesn't hate you. Spirit wants you to have a great life. Spirit wants you to have everything. 
we are supposed to have a wonderful life and to find a way to uh, coexist our spiritual life and our human life together um, and just walk hand in hand down the road, down our path. The, right. All the things that you're doing to make your life more difficult, that is not spirit hating you. That's, one, you not listening to spirit. Two, you deciding you know best because, after all, spirit's been around for millennia after millennia and you've been on the earth for 35 years. And also, it's just sometimes we fight against our better good. We fight against what makes us happy. My mama used to always say that human beings were just smart enough to be dangerous. And I think there is a lot of truth to that, right? That we think we know everything. So well, I'm going to tell spirit what my life's going to be. Uh, okay. And, uh, and, and somehow the idea that you follow the path of spirit is somehow taking away your free will or taking your choices or taking your power. When the truth is when you relax into the everything, it gives you way more power than you ever had, right? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting you say to that client, you know, that, that client who said to you, why does spirit hate me? That is oh, that's many clients, can, yes. <clears throat> I, I, I'm a big proponent of critical thinking. That is that part of our mind that, that questions things. That's the in between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. And there's that point of critical thinking. So I like to throw it back at my clients in a moment like that. And if I have a client that, that would say, why does the universe hate me? I would look at them and say, well, if the universe was a mirror, why would you hate yourself? You know, mm-hmm. why would you feel anything other than love? Why would you think the universe would feel anything other than love? You know, you throw it back at them and that critical thinking, it's like, Instead of it being the universe is outside of you, it's separate from you. The universe is a, a container for your thoughts, your beliefs, your ideas. And so, you know, do you love you? And that, when I ask that question, do you love you? It's amazing how many people have not thought of it or literally have said to me no. And then comes the really important conversation of, well, how do we fall in love now, you know, and that's a process. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a big part of it where people think that they are just this body and they really don't get. I I use a car analogy. I've made my, that book that, that you were talking about, I made it into a bit of a game format. And part of the game is the game piece that brings us around the board is a car. So the car represents the body And the driver is the soul, and there's three drivers, the present adult driver. There's that little kid in the back seat. (laughs) Mine's a little Audie, and she's the one that is holding all the anger, all those fear feelings, the anxiety, the stress. So we're able to look at them in the back seat and say, hey, what are you so upset about, and get a different perspective of it. And then the third driver is that higher part of us, that greatest part of us. And I think that a lot of people are just coming from the idea of the car, then that's it. You know, so when you understand how grand you are in the scheme of things, how incredibly intelligent and capable and tuned into, I mean, it's beyond words magnificence, then it changes that feeling of love. It changes that 
belief system that I'm less than or not enough and that the universe would hate me to, wow, I'm connected to that. It flows through me as me. I'm pretty effing powerful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think there are people who they fear that power, right? They fear the idea that it, I think it's why people are often drawn to a very extremist political bent, religious bent. They sort of want everything to be told what they can do and not do because they're fearful to walk out on their own and make their own choices. But yet at the same time, they'll fight against the idea that there's this sort of all-knowing energy that's around to guide them. Like, well, I'm not going to let that energy tell me what to do, but, but I'll belong to something uh, on the earth, sociologically, spiritually, politically, that tells me exactly what I can do and who I can talk to and when I can breathe. But I don't want this thing from this whole spirit thing. I mean, I think, you know what I mean? We, we want to be told, we want an overbearing parent, Audrey, so then we can rebel against the overbearing parent <laughs> And use that as the excuse to not get on our path, right? Right. And that's the victimization loop back again. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there's a part of it. It's again, when I say that people having an awareness, say information, you know, to me, information equals power and information about yourself is empowerment. So this idea that people have that it's something outside of themselves or that it's all so powerful. I bring it back to, have you ever had a a thought that was like, wow, I just had the greatest idea. And every single time they say, absolutely. That's it right there. That's your intelligence flowing through you. It's just that simple. So the more that you open up to my best and highest is happening, I'm divinely guided. I am always being shown the road signs that lead me to the greatest opportunities then that little voice starts getting louder. The direction, that intuition that I've got to do this, but I don't know why, starts happening even greater. And we start following that and getting things more easily and, you know, <laughs> understanding that the parent is literally us in the front seat in the adult situation and we got to, you know, own that position in the car. You know what I mean? Exactly. Don't make me come back there. I think that reminds me kind of a today. <laughs> I had a client just today who's got uh, a couple of uh, kids and it was really an amusing thing because she had literally kind of her little self, you know, her ego was in the back seat with the kids. <laughs> were, we were all driving the car from the back seat. <laughs> so when she understood, Fantastic. oh, I have the adult in the front seat and I am allowed to You know, my kids are allowed to be upset. They're allowed to cry. It's all right for them to be angry. You know, it was like a whole revelation. It was an interesting moment. (laughs) Fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. (laughs) There's just this continual process of knowing how powerful we are in the front seat and that we're always guided by either little kid in the back seat. What are you angry about? What are you stressed about? What is that thing? It's always, always, always an unconscious belief. And then having that awareness that I'm always divinely guided, that there is this infinite intelligence that's turning on the front lights. It's guiding me. It's leading me. I allow it, you know, and having that knowledge, having that information is the beginning of it. And then continuing to just trust and see the road signs as they show up is the process. 
And sometimes it's not easy yeah. because roadsides might be a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, always, yes. Of all of your things that you encounter, all the different things that you cover when you work with clients one-on-one or when you teach, um, what is your what is your favorite? What's your what's your favorite thing right now? Your new favorite thing or your traditionally favorite thing to to share with people? That's a good question. So as I'm I'm thinking back on the last little bit, I I think that part of what we're talking about here, you know. I think that part of understanding how we are connected. So I think when people understand, it's like what we were saying earlier about really the mind will go on and on and on in the problem. And then understanding that your body, you know, your heart produces electromagnetic energy all day, every day. Energy, Mm. that vibration, whether it's in what I call fear feelings, which can look like anxiety, anger, rage, depression, Having that awareness, like for people who are anxious, a lot of times they think it's just who they are. Well, I'm just an anxious person. It's just how I roll. It's just who I am. And for people who are anxious, it's really debilitating because you can easily, you know, the car's at the top of the hill. You start to get a little anxious. That starts gaining momentum. And before you know it, you're swimming in the hell of a panic attack and people think it's just how I am it's just how I roll and when they understand that that feeling when you're first feeling it in your body it could be a tensing in the shoulders it could be a tightening in the chest ah this looks like that when you're understanding that that creates a physiological effect in the body where the heart talks to the brain And so the brain's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to fight flight. We have to create a lot of adrenaline. We might have to do something. So the energy leaves the center of our body, where it's usually in a calm, focused, you know, creative space, and it goes to the extremities. And so your body is also, along with the adrenaline, is creating cortisol, stress hormones, And it's talking to the 50 trillion intelligent cells that make up our body. And it's telling everything, oh, my gosh, we're on the alert. We have to do, we have to do, we have to be, we got to go, oh, it's scary. And it also creates an avenue where we're not thinking clearly. So when they understand this isn't who you are, it's literally the train rolling down the track with an unconscious thought unconscious beliefs and for anxiety it's literally an imagination that is in the wrong direction you know it's not what you want imagining it's what you're afraid of imagining so when we're able to understand that we can for the hill and take a breath and choose calm because calm is on the other end of the spectrum when we choose in calm the energy comes grounded and centered and focused and we're able to think more clearly So when my clients Mm. have just that little bit of information and they're understanding this isn't who you are, it's just what's happening. It's just what's being created within your body because you're kind of having an unconscious conversation. So when they learn this thing that I do to stop at the top of the hill, and I told you it's a game and it's a car analogy, so they have the letters C-A-R-S. 
And at the beginning of it, they understand I get to choose calm with the C. So you take some breaths and you be grounded and centered and I get to choose calm. Then the second C is for I get to communicate with myself. And is this true? Is this thing happening? No. Is it something I can change? Probably. All right. Then the A, maybe you need to take a new action. Maybe you just need to do something different. Like if I'm in a minute where I start to get a little overly chaotic, like when I get around a lot of people, sometimes I can get like that. I'll take a new action and I'll go to the bathroom and I'll choose calm and I'll reground and center myself and then I'll go back out so I can be who I need to be. And then the R, the R stands for maybe I just need to release this and let it go. Maybe it's not my business or it's not something I need to do right now. And then the really important one is the S, any and all solutions, because, again, we have been trained to focus on the problems. So as you're thinking about it, is this the problem or do I need to focus on the solution? And then the other S is get support. Like I tell my clients, I'm, I'm support. If you can't stop the car and it continues to go down the track, contact me. And it usually takes me about two minutes. And, you know, if I were to say that there's one thing, I have a little diagram that I draw out, and I have I just drew it out again today, and my client laughed, and she said, I showed this, my husband was looking at my papers last time, and he looked at this, and he goes, what the heck is this? <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense, because these are to-do things, and it's something that you can do, so you're not anxiety. You know, you are at the effect of your unconscious mind. That's why anxiety is happening. So when you're able to stop that and really own a new process, a new habit of grounding and centering yourself and choosing calm, it changes everything. So that's my favorite thing, I yes. guess. Yes. And, and isn't the bathroom wonderful? And I say that only yeah. because my, my whole – is well, isn't the bathroom wonderful in general? But <clears throat> when I was a, a, a fresh – fresh out of the box empath, so I've been an empath, you know, for life. But when I started doing a lot of spiritual work and actually talking about it, I like to say when I started wearing my underwear on the outside, <clears throat> the bathroom became my best friend because I had truly learned to uh, filter and screen myself empathically. And I was always right in the middle of it because as a performer, uh, growing up in the entertainment world as an artist, I lived right in the middle of it. But when you're performing, you naturally put up a filter. And yeah. I think when I started doing spiritual work, I'm like, oh, I'm going to open up like I open up with my best friend. But suddenly yeah. it was like to 200 people. And by then I had developed intermittent atrial fibrillation. And the first time uh, after I started getting treated that I ever went into AFib, I was at the Hollywood Improv. I was two weeks out of the hospital. It was too soon, but I was like, I'm tough and Irish. Look at me go. And I always did like a two-hour red carpet before the two-hour show. And about halfway mm-hmm. through the red carpet, I slipped into AFib. And for the first time in my life, I had to cancel a show and go home, which I had never had to do in my entire life. And I realized it was because when you go to something like that and you're on stage, that's a whole different thing because there's a protective bubble around you. Same thing if you're lecturing from a stage. But when you are amongst people and you're touching them and they're hugging you and you're right in their face talking to them, 
that sometimes people are draining. Some know they're doing it. Most don't know they're doing it. Some people just need Mm -hmm. a lot of love and they are in a bad place. They need it from you. And I started to realize about energy exchange. So come the next year, when I opened my spiritual practice, I I thought it would be different because it wasn't going to be hundreds of people, right? So I was teaching in Dallas, and there were probably about 30 people at the workshop, and we all went out to dinner at the end of the weekend. And I didn't understand why all the psychics were sitting at a table together. I was like, no, I'm going to sit with the people. So I'm sitting at this table, and of course, everybody's rapid-firing questions at me, and I'm answering. We're in a haunted location, so, you know, ghosts are poking at me, and, and all of a sudden, I feel like I'm, I don't know what, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack and a stroke at the same time. I was not in AFib because I always check my wrist, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I did what you do when an empath has had enough. You go to the ladies' room and hide <laughs> in a stall until you calm down. And I don't know what they thought was going on in that bathroom, but it works, right? Because you're in a place with walls all around you, and you can Mm -hmm. just kind of find your calm again. And it makes me think of, I love the L.A. Zoo, and there's an area where you can pet goats, and I love goats, so I always let them go there. And at the beginning of the morning, if you get there, there's a little tiny area under a tree called Goat Time Out, and it's where the goats that don't want you to pet them can go so in the morning, all the goats are in the regular area because you can put money in a little machine and feed them the grain and the corn, right? And they all want to talk mm-hmm. to you and give me my corn, and goat timeout is empty. And you go by there at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and there are 40 goats, and they are crammed <laughs> into goat timeout. And one kind of like silly goat is sort of wandering around like, is there any corn in the regular area? But those goats are like, we have had enough of children with runny noses and obnoxious parents and people pushing the corn at us and the, the cell phones, and we are hiding under the tree. I think psychics all need a goat timeout place because when you do the spiritual work, sometimes you need a place to go to just breathe. I have had goat timeout in your bathroom, Audrey. It's, I, I will confess that for the first time. I have taken my goat timeout in your bathroom as well because sometimes you that. just need to find your calm, like you said, right? Yeah. And whatever action you can take to make that happen. You know what I do with my clients sometimes? I'll have them write a list so that they know in a moment like that, because everybody knows there are things that they get anxious about. They know their triggers. So there's a part of it where you know ahead of time, I'm going to do this or that or whatever, however you take your time out. And I actually do like the idea of going under a tree personally. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I like the mm-hmm. whole Especially with a rope around you. Yeah, and it's, you know what, it's something, I grew up in the music world, right? And so I worked in strip clubs a lot as a kid, uh, a young person. And I used to always think, why are all the strippers crammed in a tiny room when they're not on stage? Well, now I know because that's goat time out. You have to go somewhere where the energy of people is not pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling because it gets to be a lot. And so I say this because, you know, if you work in an office, maybe you need that time out. If you work in a crazy busy place like Dodger Stadium or um, one of those movie theater complexes that has like 37 screens, 
Maybe sometimes you need a place to go. And I love what you called it, Audrey, and find your calm. Because um, we don't realize sometimes that, sometimes people don't even realize they're empaths. They don't even know really what that word means. They think that means, oh, well, I just feel sorry for people. And they don't understand that sometimes what's making them sad, depressed, anxious, panic attack is the energy of others that is draining them. And um, yeah. and they have to learn to find their calm. And um, yeah. I think that's kind of a lot of my life's work is uh, is to, to, to help empaths to find the goat timeout <laughs> wherever they are and realize that just because you have a lot to give doesn't mean you have to give all the time and it doesn't mean you have to give until it makes you sick, you know? I do. I, I totally know that. You know, the other the other thing that's really a big deal at this moment, and I'm sure that you're finding it with a lot of people as well, is that time out business where we've all taken a, a goat time out on a, on a level, and we've all had to kind of go and be isolated. And there's a lot of people that I'm talking with who, in coming out again, have, you know, concerns about it. And it's a little overwhelming to get back mm, into the mm-hmm. world again. You know, and I know people who don't want to take the mask off because they have found a level of comfort with it. You know, so I think that there's a whole process of, you know, whether you're empath or, or anything, there's this like whole new adjustment for so many people and, and really being compassionate with yourself and others in that process of of coming out. You know, it's it's mm. It's an interesting time that we're in. It's an interesting dynamic with all of that. So that's something that I've seen with with quite a few people. Well, one one reason that I wore—I mean, I still I still wear my mask a lot Um, down here in Orange County, where no one ever wore one. Um, It's it's such a touchy subject, COVID, right? It's it's really for me about. I think it's important for us. Like if I taught a class at your place, I would not wear a mask. But I do when I'm in big places and out in public and grocery stores and stuff because I think it's important for people to remember from COVID, not just, hey, we're going to get COVID. I'm so scared we're all going to get COVID. I had COVID. I don't think I'm going to get COVID again, no matter what they say. Um, But I, maybe some people do, but I don't. That's not the message I've received from spirits. Like once is enough and you still got it, so everything's okay. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I do believe that hopefully we have learned by COVID that we need to be careful about who we're coughing on, um, who we're not being careful to not go to a kid's school when you have a cold and you're sniffling everywhere, only because COVID is just a one thing that over the last however many years has weakened a lot of folks' immune systems. And I think we are learning now how important and, and essential it is to keep not only your physiological immune system, but your emotional immune system and your spiritual immune system in really good shape. And yes, are there ways yeah. we all could do this? Yes. Does everybody do it? No. Everybody is not afforded the luxury of not being able to be around sick people, of eating a super healthy way, of getting all the sleep they need. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody could do that? But some folks just can't. And so mm-hmm. I hope that COVID has taught us to just be a little more careful, like, you know, wash your hands and 
just maybe yeah. be a little more respectful of the people around you. It doesn't mean you have to become a germaphobe and, you know, douche with hand sanitizer, but it does mean that maybe just be a little more mindful that you are one being in a giant ant farm of billions of beings and physiological beings can get sick. And so maybe mm-hmm. we should just be a little more careful. Do you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. I think people are very reckless. People think they're, people think like, oh, I can crumple up this diaper and throw it in the ocean and it's just gone. Or <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or I can just wipe my nose and wipe it on this towel in this cabinet you know, in a, in a public place and it is on the table runner. And as long as I'm not touching it ever again, it's gone. And I just yeah. think that hopefully COVID has made people a little more weary of that kind of stuff. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, you know, blow my nose and throw the napkin on the floor um, in a public place. So that we just be a little more careful about the fact that, hey, lots of people live in this world and not everybody's healthy. So, be a little conscientious. I think that's why, I think specifically because I live down here where everybody thinks, you know, there's no COVID and you don't ever have to do anything and you can do whatever you want. And it wouldn't that be great if we, I always say it must be nice candy land, but that's, that's not where we live right now. So exactly. Um, I'm happy. I don't find the mask comforting. I find it claustrophobic and terrifying. But um, if people seek comfort in it and they want to wear it the rest of their lives, you know, okay, that's fine with me. I don't, I don't mind what people do. I'll tell you the people I've found that are finding it comforting, and it's not people our age. It's the kids. It's the teenagers okay. and the young adults. And there has been this world that they have experienced. And, you know, you and I are older, and we have a lot more wisdom. We know how things change. Mm. We know how the world kind of rolls and it's like this you know going through a hard moment and it'll get better going through another hard moment and it gets better we've seen that in our lifetime and for these kids these teenagers young adults there's a part of it where not only do they have the experience of wisdom but they also have grown up in a very techie kind of world they've grown up in a a different kind of environment So they're not used to being around people's energy as much, especially in this isolation. So they're not used to being with each other. And a lot of times when they are with each other, they're literally in their phones. So they're not experiencing the energetic of each other. And there's this part of it where they're kind of hiding behind the mask. And I was laughing with this teenager girl that I had in it's like yeah you got your mask and then you put on your sunglasses then you got a hat on you know and there is that yeah, real yeah. An- anonymity is that the, how you pronounce that word mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's, it's the moment of recognition and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a very big shift for them and it'll be I think a powerful moment but uh, I see it coming I don't yeah. know exactly what it'll look like but I see it coming the other thing I think was yeah. that the other part of it that COVID has taught us, and I was saying this to Nick the other day, he, we were supposed to get together with somebody who wasn't, I, I guess, wasn't very kind earlier before COVID. And Nick oh. was like, well, I don't know if I get together with that person. And I looked at him and I said, Nick, we've all gone through this moment, a good two years worth of whatever. And I said, I'm assuming that they have grown up 
like the rest of us. I think one of the things that COVID has done is really pushed us to be that better version of ourselves. Like you were saying, you know, be that person that does the right thing, that has, you know, integrity, character, morals attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of experience that has called us to be that better version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think that I think that's a good thing. And I also hope, and I talk about this during my church services a lot. And sometimes people get angry at me because they're like, "Well, you can't talk about the good because a lot of people died." And I feel horrible for the people that died. And I probably personally have lost ten people that were extremely close to me, uh, most of them older, which breaks my heart. Um, but I have clients mm-hmm. that have lost healthy spouses and children, and you know, it's COVID is horrible. But I I think we needed species to have something happen to the world that literally happened to everyone. So no matter where you live on the earth, no matter who you are, how much money you have, where you worship, who you love, what your DNA says, whether you're able-bodied or differently abled, there is, you know, somebody that has died from COVID or has had COVID or you have had COVID. So it's not a, yeah. just an us and them anymore. Like, oh, that's the thing that happens to them. Or this is the thing that's happening to me so they can't understand it. COVID happened to all of us. And sometimes God gives you a reset. And I yeah. think that's what COVID was. It was a chance for all of us to stay at home, think inside of ourselves, get to know people virtually to realize that there is no difference in being with people face-to-face and being with people virtually. Love is love and a connection is a connection. And it made us realize that that somebody that lives on the tip of South America is going to do the exact same thing I am. Somebody who lives in the highest place in Siberia is going to do the same thing that I am because COVID affects everybody. And I think we needed that because, man, we are an us and them species. And I think this was spirit giving us an opportunity to evolve beyond us and them into a place yeah. of it's only we. There's only we. So mm-hmm. um, we all need to be mindful of blowing our noses in public places, whether it's COVID or it's the next thing, in the same right. way that, um, you know, we all need to be kinder to each other and worry about each other and make sure everybody is fed and everyone has drinking water and everyone is being loved and everyone is, we're trying to hope everyone is happy. I think it has been wonderful for that. And people say, oh, but people are still fighting and there's still politics and there's this Russia thing. And well, look, it's not a perfect world. We're not at world peace yet. But I really do believe that COVID has given people a different understanding. And maybe that friend that was not nice and now is different is an example of that, Audrey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you the other part of this. We moved into the fifth dimension, but there's a lot, lot, lot. And and if I were to leave with a final note, I see it all over. I look at a lot, lot, lot of different kinds of news, and we are in the middle of the most incredible thing that has ever happened as far as I can tell. And you don't see a lot of the really great news because they're just not sharing it on your mainstream news. But there are amazing things to come. There are things literally in the works right now where we are creating a better world for all humanity. And that is literally happening as we speak. And as we go into April, I love it. If you want to have 
Nick on the show. He has a lot more details about this astrologically. But we are moving into this moment where it is going to be like this shift for humanity. So instead of it being an us and them thing, it's going to be a much more humanitarian society. And this is going to be literally we are in the launching moment of this great new I I want to call it a great new world because it's not just one country or another. And there's all these like happening financially, economically, socially. There's all these things that are literally in the works. And when we own it, I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. And it's already in the works starting now. So I, I, I see it 100%. So this COVID was beautiful. A launching for that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We needed that reset, right? You are wonderful, my right. friend. Let's do this again soon. Uh, tell Nick he owes me one. I can't wait to have him on. And I can't wait to come out and teach with, with you again and be there and see your beautiful face. Where can people find yeah, you, you online? Let me know when. <laughs> Pardon me? I said, where can people find you online? Oh, they can find me online at AudreyNewmont.com or newmontcenter.net, and I also have a uh, page on Facebook. It's just Audrey Newmont or Tools for Transformation with Audrey Newmont, and all my information is on all of those. Fantastic. Thank you for being here, my friend. I love and adore you, and I appreciate you Thank coming you. and, and uh, doing my new show for the first time, even though it's not new, but and you're not new, but you're just new to this new show. And uh, I hope to see you soon. And I thank you so much for for being here and for being so wonderful. If you want any information on Audrey and you missed those links or anything that we talked about today, it's so easy, I can't even tell you. Uh, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me is SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Also, uh, this show, HauntedPlayground.com, The Network, LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com. Social media, I'm at Sheena Metal everywhere. Till I see you next Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, please, my friends, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration, and please know how much I love you, and I'll see you next time. Take care. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.